0: That is wonderful. Good morning, friends. It is good to uh, hear you. I have to turn around to see you. Oh, um, and You can't see me yet, can you? Yes, we if can.
1: We can. Yeah, now we can. There's a, still a what bit of you? reverb, but it's not bad. Okay, there's a little
0: reverb here in the sanctuary, too. So We'll adjust those pieces of things. We've got the (laughs) sound guy here today, who knows how to adjust all of those pieces and get things in place. Is that better? Is that better? better. Yeah. Better. Better.
2: One. But it's a wider.
0: Um, It's good to have you with us this morning. As you look at your bulletin today, you'll notice that things are a little bit different, and that's because we are in the season of Lent.
3: Um, Kenny, you can you see that really I've really got
0: can. my purple stole on. A couple of folks that are here can see the purple pyramids and uh, the pyramid on the table as well. It is a time for us to walk through Lent, and so we've moved some things around in the bulletin. We're doing some different things, and so I invite you just to pay attention to those things. We're starting with our announcements this morning, and um, I hope that everybody has marked off next weekend on their calendars. It is a wonderful day in the life of the church. It is uh, the weekend when the Reverend Kyle Delhagen Um, will be here to meet you, to greet you. Uh, to get to know you a little bit, to preach for you next Sunday morning and indeed lead all of worship uh, for you. And then we will have the congregational meeting to uh, act on the recommendation of the pastor nominating committee. And all of the information is there in your bulletin about uh, the various the ways to be a part of the congregational meeting, and there will be more in next week's bulletin as well as well as the opportunities on Saturday for you to meet uh, and be in some small group settings to meet Reverend Kyle. And um, all of the information is there, the people to contact for the different times and those sorts of things. And so we invite you to uh, take note of that and uh, sign up as you are able to. Uh, Nancy Messersmith, is there anything else that needs to be said uh, about this? Is Nancy here? Nancy Messersmith, anything to be said? Nancy was muted.
1: You'll need to unmute yourself, Nancy. He's so powerful he can't put me on mute. Um, I think everything is all set. Uh, We're just hoping that people will take this opportunity to um, come and meet Kyle and his family. Uh, my My worst fear is that nobody shows up, but I know our uh, congregation is uh very curious to see uh, Kyle and meet his family and move this process along so we 're very excited about him so
0: wonderful. I know that all of the members of the pastor nominating committee echo those sentiments, Nancy, and as well, we as a congregation say thank you to the pNC for their Very dedicated work on this matter. It is indeed a wonderful thing. There are other announcements in your bulletin about things that are coming up. Presbyterian Women Meeting this week are ongoing things that are happening in the life of the church, and you're invited to participate in many of those things as you are able. As we begin our worship, we remember that in Lent, we remember the gifts of nourishment that god gives us during our journeys we share the gifts in joyful response to god's sustaining grace and so we offer our financial gifts the gifts uh, from our pocketbooks but we also offer the gifts of our hearts and our lives let us join together in prayer O oh god giver of all good gifts May the gifts we offer here today bear the fruit of peace, love, and justice in our community and our world. Amen.
3: Our help is in the name of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth.
0: We come to our 40-day journey of Lent with penitence in our heart. The polarization, enmity, and fissures that have scarred our country and world are in us as well. We yearn for truth, peace, and justice. Yet we know that we have not lived as those who are formed in truth, peace, and justice of Christ. We confess our sin, assured of God's mercy and empowering grace. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us amend what we are and direct what we shall be that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Let us continue our confessions in silence. Amen. God in Christ is steadfast in love and mercy. So friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Christ we are forgiven and set free from the sins that bind and enslave us. We are empowered to love God with all of who we are and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thanks be to God. Let us sing together.
3: Hebrew scripture is from Genesis chapter nine, verses eight through seventeen. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, "As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals." and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. And remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth.
0: Our Christian scripture today finds us in Mark's gospel in the very first chapter, reading verses 9 through 15. And I invite you to listen for the word of God. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water... He saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts. And the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Debbie? Yep. (laughs) Good morning. I was looking at the bulletin today, and I saw something there that we don't normally do every week. And it's coming up here. It's called Ordination and Installation of Elders and Deacons. And I thought that I would take just a moment to explain to any children or young people who are on today that while we are all part of a church family and just like in any family, everybody has to do a little bit so that nobody has to do a lot. um, There are certain jobs that are special that are not more important, but are just special jobs that we need people with special abilities to do or with, a special interest that they have that they really, really want to do a good job at this one thing. And those people, we ask to do those jobs and we ordain them because we know that those talents and those special gifts that they have are going to be things that they are going to use for the rest of their lives in the church. So today, when we ordain and install people, This is a way of us acknowledging that these people have a special interest and a special job that they want to do for our church. And that doesn't mean that we all get to sit back and say, oh, there they go, they can do it. We still have to be part of a church family and we still have to do our part, but we have people who are there to help us do the special jobs in a special way. Can we have a moment of prayer? Dear God, thank you for the people who are willing and able to do the special work that you have for us to do. Teach us and guide us in ways to help them do a good job for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: I love having Debbie set up my sermons for me. It's a pretty wonderful thing. Will you join me in prayer? Return
4: to God with all your heart, the source of grace and mercy. Come seek the tender faithfulness of God.
0: I wonder how many of you know that the phrase, my word is my bond, dates back to the 1500s in Scotland. Yeah, that long ago. Of course, it gets heard every once in a while in Outlander, which is 200 years past that, which I've been catching up on on Netflix, which is a wonderful thing. binging has been so nice during this pandemic. But it was some of our religious ancestors that said, My word is my bond. And when you start thinking about it, pretty much all of our lives are based on promises that we make. When we at 16 or 17 or 30 or 50, Go and get a driver's license. We make promises. We make promises to obey the the things that are stated in that booklet, which nowadays, I'm sure, is only online and not in a booklet. That dates me, doesn't it? But we pledge to follow those laws and to not speed many of the things which I broke this morning frantically getting here to church. As youth, we make promises about our use of those motor vehicles to our parents, that we won't stay out later than our curfew, that uh, we will tell them where we are driving, and if they say not to drive there, we won't drive there. Funny story, my mother, when I was 18, said I couldn't drive to San Francisco. She didn't say anything about not driving to Sausalito, catching the ferry over to San Francisco and spending the day in the city. She still thought that her word was more important than mine at that point. But we also promised not to have more people in the car than we are supposed to. And in some states, that's governed by the state, depending on your age. And I'm sure that sometimes we did better at these things than others. And I'm talking about all of you. And some of you, some of you who were chin deep in the, I love you so much, stood in front of God and other people. And you made promises to love and to honor and to Cherish the other, so help you God. Promises made. And indeed, when we joined the church, we make promises. We ask you, is is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? And you say, yes. We ask you, do you trust him? And you say, yes. The church asks you then, and this is to Debbie's point, will you be a faithful member of this church, giving of yourself in every way and so fulfill your calling in Christ? And you say, I will. And the waters of baptism, when they Wash over the heads of children and infants and even adults. Promises are made on their behalf by their parents or they make them themselves. But you as a congregation make promises also. You say that you are going to do everything in your ability to nurture this child, this infant, in the faith of Christ that they might grow up and know they are a Christian and never know a time when they are not. The church especially is filled with these deep and rich promises. And so today, yes, we have another set of promises that will happen. Those that are coming to be ordained and installed as elders and deacons. And Debbie is right, the book of order says they are no different than any of the rest of you except that they have been called to a particular ministry at a particular time. And in fact, ministers of word and sacrament, we too are absolutely no different. Simply called, simply, hmm called to a particular ministry at a particular time. And if you want to get serious about things, the promises are fairly lofty that are made with ordination and installation. Indeed, we ask, will you further the peace, unity, and purity of the church? Oh my goodness, what does that mean? Will you work for the reconciliation of the world? (laughs) I can barely work for the reconciliation of four cats in my house, let alone the world. Do you receive and adopt the essential tenets of the Reformed faith? And all of us who have been through this before kind of smile because... As Presbyterians, we don't write down what those essential tenets are. Lest they become litmus tests. Lest they become hurdles over which people should jump. We say God is sovereign. God is love. And we go from there. And then... (laughs) <laughs> then we ask those who are coming to be ordained and installed. And in fact, every time you come back to ministry as an elder or deacon and every time a minister is installed in a church, we are all asked these questions. And the, one of them that is my favorite is, will you serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination and love? But lest you think that the ones who stand before you today to be ordained and installed are the only ones who make promises, you as a congregation make promises as well. You promise to listen to what they say. You promise to do as they ask of you. In Christ's name. And you promise. To pray for them. Probably the most important promise. That you can make. And all of this comes up on this day. First Sunday. In the season of Lent where we hear the story from Genesis of how God promised to never again destroy the earth by the waters of a flood. Never again, God says, will I do that. Never again shall the waters come at such a rate that all of creation is destroyed. Never again, never again. We've heard those words before, and not simply the ones in Scripture that say never again, but our culture is mired in those words. Never again. Never again will there be a killing like George Floyd's. And yet it's happened more than I can count. Since that fateful day last year. Never again, we say. Never again will there be a Sandy Hook. And then we said, never again will there be a Pulse nightclub. Never again will there be a high school in Parkland, Florida. Never again. And we make promises, and the promises are broken. And I have to wonder why. Is it because we don't know what to do? Is it because we lack the will? Or is it because we do not realize that a covenant in the language of Hebrew Scripture, that place that we draw promise from, covenant, is really a sacrifice? You see, in the traditional way, each of the parties of a covenant would assemble animals ready for a sacrifice. And carefully, those animals would be cut in half and laying on the ground across from each other. Doves, spotless lambs, you name it. And there would be something from each party, some sacrifice, some sacrifice of an animal, of a livelihood, some sort of sacrifice from both parties. And those parties would walk down between those animals. And make their sacred promises to never again. Never again. Promises oftentimes require sacrifices. Sometimes it's friends we have had for years. When we say, Black Lives Matter, in response to, Well, all lives matter. Maybe it is family members. When we insist that if there are guns in the house, they are locked up before we visit ourselves or with our children or grandchildren. Because we are saying, never again. Never again. Lent is the perfect time for us and for the church to look at the promises we make. The covenants which we cut with one another. And with our God. And decide this day whom we serve. As Joshua said, as for me and my household, I will serve the Lord. And that's our decision, dear church. What are the promises we make? What are the covenants we cut? Just what is the sacrifice we are willing to make? Will you pray with me?
4: Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on
0: the time for that ordination and installation. It's the time when, if we were here in the building, I would invite those who were coming to be ordained and installed to come down in front and stand before all of you, and we would end this time of ordination and installation with a prayer of laying on of hands and Usually there's not a dry eye in the place because we know that the spirit of the living God is with us and has fallen upon us. This morning, those who are coming to be ordained and installed, you know who you are. You are listed in the bulletin. And um, so we, we address you at this point. When it comes time for the prayer for the laying on of hands those who have been ordained as elders in the church, or those who have been ordained as ministers of word and sacrament, I would invite you to raise your hands like this. Just like you would if you were here touching the shoulder of one or another of those coming to be ordained and installed, or indeed when it gets big like at this place, Just about everybody that's in between you and them as we share the laying on of hands. Please do that as a visual reminder of the promises, the covenant that we make with one another in these times. And we will pray for the day when we can actually gather in the sanctuary, be close enough to put our hands close enough and safe enough to put our hands on the shoulders and heads of those coming to be ordained and installed and actually do that with you. Will you join me in the sentences of Scripture? There are varieties of gifts, but it is the same Spirit who gives them. There are different ways of serving God, but it is the same Lord who is served. God works through each person in a unique way, but it is God's purpose that is accomplished. To each is given a gift of the Spirit to be used for the common good. Together we are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We are all called into the Church of Jesus Christ by baptism and marked as Christ's own by the Holy Spirit. It is our common calling to be disciples of Jesus Christ and servants of our servant Lord. Within the community of the Church, some are called to particular service as deacons, as ruling elders, and as ministers of word and sacrament. Ordination is Christ's gift to the church, assuring that his ministry continues among us. Through ordination, God provides for acts of care and compassion in the world, for the ordering and governance of the church, and for the preaching of the word and celebration of the sacraments. Ron Messer-Smith, as clerk, will you unmute yourself and join us?
5: Representing the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, the session of Hamilton Union Presbyterian Church now ordains Karen Unser to ministry as a deacon and ordains Diane Irwin and Lindsay Hall to ministry as ruling elders and installs them to active service in this congregation. The session also installs to active service those who have been previously ordained Ruling Elders George Hannett, Sue Ferris, and Nancy Messersmith.
0: My dear friends, in baptism you were claimed by the love of God, clothed in the grace of Jesus Christ and anointed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit to share Christ's mission in the world. Now you are called by God through the voice of this congregation for new service and ministry in Jesus' name. I would invite you to unmute yourselves so that we can hear your responses in accordance with the...
1: I <clears>
2: am
0: <throat> Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior. Acknowledge him Lord of all and head of the church and through him believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you?
1: I do. I do.
3: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <sighs>
2: We're we supposed
1: to be able to hear it? No.
0: Okay. we do. Do you sincerely receive and adopt the essential tenets of the Reformed faith as expressed in the confessions of our church as authentic and reliable expositions of what Scripture leads us to believe and and will you be instructed and led by these confessions as you lead the people of God? Do you and will you? I will. Will you fulfill your ministry in obedience to Jesus Christ under the authority of Scripture and be continually guided by our confessions? Will you?
5: I will. I will.
0: Governed by our church's polity, and will you abide by its discipline? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry, working with them subject to the ordering of God's word and spirit? Will you?
2: I I will. I
0: will. of your neighbors and work for the reconciliation of the world will you
2: I will yeah. Get here
1: We can't hear you. No sound. No sound.
3: We could barely hear you before. Can't hear you at all now. Mm-hmm.
1: Now? Now. Yep.
0: No. Promise to further the peace, unity, and purity of the church. Do you?
1: I do. I do.
0: Pray for and seek to serve the people. With energy, intelligence, imagination, and love. Will you? I will. Will you be a faithful deacon, teaching charity, urging concern, and directing the people's help to the friendless and those in need? And in your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? Will you? Oh well. Diane, Lindsay, George, Sue, Nancy. Will you be a faithful elder, ruling elder, watching over the people, providing for their worship, nurture and service? Will you share in government and discipline, serving in councils of the church? And in your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? Will you? I I
1: will. will.
5: I will. Do we, the members of the church, accept Karen, Diane, Lindsay, George, Sue, and Nancy as ruling elders and deacons? Chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ?
2: We do. We,
5: do. We, we do. Do we agree to pray for them, to encourage them, to respect their decisions, and to follow as they guide us, serving Jesus Christ, who alone is head of the church? We do. We do. We do.
0: and those who are officers, raise your hands in the laying on of hands. Gracious and eternal God, with joy we give you thanks and praise. Throughout the ages and in every place, you have chosen servants from among your people to point the way to salvation by your grace. We are grateful for the ancestors in the faith who followed without fear, placing their trust in you alone. For judges and monarchs who ruled in righteousness and peace, for prophets and apostles who spoke your bold words of mercy and truth, for leaders and teachers in every age who have nurtured your people in faith and faithfulness. Above all, we praise you for Jesus Christ, who who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life to set others free. Anointed by your Spirit, he proclaimed your reign on earth, revealing your saving love in all he said and did. Gracious God, Pour out your spirit upon your servants, Karen, Diane, and Lindsay, whom you called by baptism as your own and who come to be ordained this day. Grant them the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. We also give you thanks for your servants, George, Sue, and Nancy, as they continue in ministry to which you have called them. Help them to rely on the gifts of your spirit and to follow Christ faithfully in this calling. Give these who stand before you this day and this congregation a spirit of truthfulness that they may show the compassion of Christ in the actions of daily living, and rightly govern your people. Pour out your spirit of power and truth upon the whole church, that we may be for you a holy people baptized to serve you in the world. Sustain your church in ministry. Ground us in the gospel. Secure our hope in Christ. Strengthen our service to the outcasts and increase our love for one another. Show us the transforming power of your grace in our life together, that we may be effective servants of the gospel, offering a compelling witness in the world to the good news of Christ Jesus our Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Karen, Diane, Lindsay, George, Sue, and Nancy, you are deacons and ruling elders ordained to the ministries of service and governance in the Church of Jesus Christ and for this congregation. We welcome you, and since nobody's here to clap, let's... I would offer this charge to you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Pursue peace with everyone. Welcome to the ministry. As we prepare for joys and concerns, uh, this is the time to let you know that I don't have a computer in front of me, so I can't read any chat messages, Um, but I will review those afterwards. You're invited to always Scroll through those to um, to take note of any of those things. And um, are there individuals that do have joys and concerns that I can put my glasses on and see on the screen if there are joys and concerns? Anybody waving at me for joys and concerns? I see Darlene.
1: Darlene. Hi, yes, I just, uh, my joy is that the Easter Basket project is underway and Betty is currently taking and receiving um, cash or check donations. We're joyful about that. I've already heard back from both Family Life City Missions and we'll probably be doing about 30 baskets. So thank you all for continuing to support that endeavor.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Darlene. It is indeed a wonderful ministry that we share. In other joys or concerns? Hi uh,
4: Marianne?
1: Marianne? Hi. Um, prayers for my brother, John, who had a biopsy and is waiting results on uh, whether his kidney is cancerous or not on Tuesday. They should know. And prayers for my nephew, Matthew, who has mental illness.
0: We certainly will remember your brother and your nephew. Others, I would invite you to uh, keep the Reverend Claire Butler in your prayers. Claire is a young friend of mine whose father had a stroke this last Thursday um, and has a massive brain bleed and has very little active brain function, and so they are facing the very difficult decisions of uh, life support. Someone lost the first tooth. Was. Have a DNR. And um, so they are respecting that and making hard decisions. As Claire said, the last thing he heard from her was her imposing ashes on Ash Wednesday and saying, you are dust and to dust you shall return. And um, as I shared with her, When we do funerals, we follow those words, with all of us go down to the dust. Yet even at the grave, we make our song: Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Peter, will you offer our prayers?
3: Holy God, we pray that you would empower us with courage and faith as we embark on this Lenten journey. We seek renewal and restoration during these 40 days. Help us to remember Jesus' faithfulness in the wilderness, tempted by Satan. Be with us in our temptation. Let your grace follow us and go before us in each step of this journey. Enable us to accept spiritual disciplines for this journey let us pray daily and be especially attentive to the needs of others and to our own needs. God of the nations, we pray for peace with justice throughout the world, so that all your justice and injustice Move the hearts of leaders throughout the world to hear the cries of the poor and hungry and to ensure a rightful share of the resources needed to sustain life. And as we continue to grapple with overwhelming pandemic challenges, we pray that you would grant special measures of strength and endurance to healthcare workers and other essential workers who labor on the front lines of this struggle, And we pray for all who are now facilitating vaccination and for those who are providing the vaccines. We pray for your comfort for all who are sick and for all who have lost loved ones. Grant us all wisdom and courage for the living of this hour. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. And now... Please join me in our Lord's Prayer using the vet version printed in your bulletin. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in heaven.
5: Give us our
3: daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us Thank from
2: the time of kingdom
3: and deliver us to you for the kingdom, the power, the glory glory years, and the now forever. forever. Um.
0: As we journey in Lent, let us be empowered to follow in the way of Jesus, who, though tempted, was steadfast in love and faithful in the ways of justice. So let us lift up the brokenhearted and stand with the oppressed. Let us love God with our whole lives and love our neighbors as ourselves. And God Almighty, Creator Christ and Holy Spirit will be with you and abide with you this day and always.
2: Amen. Amen.